Hello, everyone. Welcome to Serious Art Only Conversations. My name is Maddie Troy. I'm the Director of Communications for Serious Art Only. With the sudden and incredible shift into the digital age of art, we are here to be the bridge, connecting the ever-important human element in creativity with the recent boundless advancements in technology. In this series, I have the pleasure of sitting down with leaders in art, technology, and business, with a focus on learning from their depth of experience and sharing with you all key knowledge that can only be uncovered through conversation. I'm learning along with you all, and I will try my very best to be a channel of creative curiosity and approach all of my conversations with an open mind and the goal of opening uncharted territory, creating cross-disciplinary understanding and appreciation for this unique time in humanity. Welcome to Serious Art Only Conversations. I'm looking forward to learning and growing with you all. Serious Art Only is the fine art NFT platform. We work hand in hand with world-renowned artists and cultivate exclusive NFT collections. Our members only approach allows us to create real community and also host immersive exhibitions at the Temple House in Miami Beach. Become a member today at SeriousArtOnly.com. During this episode of Serious Art Only Conversations, I sit down with the visionary artist Alexa Mead right before our Art Basel event in 2021 with her. This was our first collaboration with a world-renowned artist doing an immersive exhibition, and it was such a beautiful night. We got to dive in deep with her and talk about her process. Just a little bit about Alexa before we get going. Artist Alexa Mead paints on the human body and three-dimensional spaces, creating the illusion that our reality is a two-dimensional painting. As the New York Times described Alexa's artwork, think of it as a Van Gogh. That is, if one of his paintings were brought to life as a performative protest. Alexa's art has been exhibited around the world, at the Grand Palace in Paris, the Saatchi Gallery in London, the United Nations in New York, and the Smithsonian Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C., just to name a few. She's created interactive installations at Coachella, Art Basel, and has worked with Ariana Grande to create her iconic God is a Woman video, which has over 300 million views. My conversation with Alexa was amazing and alive and exciting, and her list of accomplishments goes on and on and on. It was just such a pleasure, and she's such an amazing person to connect and learn from. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. My name is Alexa Mead. I am an artist out of California. My work is at the intersection of painting, photography, digital, and installation. I'm Maddie Troy. I'm the Director of Communications for The Temple House and Serious Art Only. I am so thrilled to announce that Alexa Mead is a founding artist member or a member of the FAM for Serious Art Only. That means that we dedicate our space, time, energy, and effort into elevating her work, understanding her story, and putting her work on a world stage. Alexa, it is so great to have you here. I can't believe that we are doing this finally. It's amazing. Yeah, and I can't think of a better time than Art Basel to be able to really present artwork that is larger than life. It's absolutely incredible. So we spoke on the phone a couple months ago, and we were hoping that the Temple House and Serious Art Only could do something for Basel with you. And we are able to, which is really, really incredible. And we were 
working together to get this all to happen. So it is a pleasure to sit down and talk about your process and how you make the work that you make, which caught my attention and has been pretty much on the front of my mind for months now. So I would love to hear a little bit about as this process has taken place in your life, what has been a continuous thread for you maybe throughout this whole process and even into the digital space that we're going into next? One of my favorite places to be in is the unknown. Um, I like not being able to tell where my artwork is going next. I mean, there's always some new technology or development, whether it's NFTs or projection mapping that can carry your art away into a completely different creative direction. Right. If I were to just sit and think, okay, 10 years from now, what do I want to do with my artwork? Well, I would not have necessarily anticipated the blockchain explosion or uh, advancements in projection mapping technology as an avenue for it. Amazing. So part of the reason that I was so drawn to your work is because of hearing your TED talk and hearing you explain the way that you saw shadows, the way that you saw different perspectives in the world that we all live in, which is, I think, something that's so unique and needs to be spoken about more because I think we all see things in ways that can be portrayed in artwork kind of to this exaggerated degree. And that's what you do with color and shadow and all of that. So I'm curious, when you take your process, right when you start, how does that work for you? Do you think of an idea or do you think of a person because you're painting people? How does that work? I'd just love to hear that from you. In my main body of artwork, I'll take a human, an entire installation space, and I'll cover it in a mask of paint that mimics the light and shadow as it falls in the space. Wow. And so by, by capturing light, shadow, gradient of tones, I'm able to make a 3D space appear two-dimensional. Yeah. And I've realized through this exploration of light and shadow that there are so many interesting things that can be done with it that is just so untapped. Yeah. I mean, it seems very fundamental and obvious all around us. I mean, we see because of light, but what if you're manipulating light itself and the perception around it? So my question is, when you walk into a space for the first time, what's your process? Is it okay, where are the shadows falling? What's, is it an analysis? Is it a more analytical process? Or is it kind of like a free, intuitive process? Uh, I definitely take note of the geometry of the space and how right. the light and shadows are falling along the contours of it. But a lot of it also is just standing there with the tools that I'm ready to start creating with. Right. If it's paint, it's just standing there holding a paintbrush. Right. I like to call it thinking with my hands. Mm -hmm. And that's the process of figuring out what I'm doing through just like throwing paint at it and physically manifesting it. Absolutely. No, that's, I think, I think that's what interests me so much is like in my, I'm a writer and I am a talker. And I think that that moment of suspension from reality in anything that's creative is what kind of drives it forward. So you've done this for so many years. You're in that flow that I'm, I'm interested, have you seen a change from when you first started to where you are now with the getting into the process, starting that flow with, with your work? I think in earlier days in my career, I was a lot more self-conscious about, will this look good? Do I need to do a lot of pre-planning, masterminding right. everything out before I even put down a single mark? And now I'm a lot more comfortable with the process of just getting my hands dirty and working itself out through the artwork. When people see my art, they're oftentimes wondering, where did I learn to do this? Where did I go to art school? And as you noted, I didn't study art. I studied politics. Yeah. And I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. So that was just so much a part of my life. 
Um, and then as I was graduating from college with my degree in political science, I realized maybe politics isn't what I want to be doing with the rest of my life. Yeah. And I felt completely lost, didn't know what to do. I didn't have skills in anything else. And I thought, you know, being an artist sounds kind of cool. I like making things. Yeah. Why don't I try this out? And thankfully, things turned out. And I'm so thankful. So I'm curious, as you've grown into a mature artist and as an adult in the world, how do you see that history of yours playing out in your artwork? Um, but I found that using my artwork, I'm also able to drive political change in ways that um, at times feel like it's perhaps more effective than working directly within the system. Absolutely. So for example, I did a collaborative short film called Color of Reality that was about police brutality. And that film ended up getting tens of millions of views. Yeah. Um, it won numerous awards and is now being taught in high schools around the country Incredible. in the civics course around um, the civil rights movements in the modern era. Amazing. And so it's amazing that through artwork, I'm able to still work on having that political impact and be constantly evolving and creating new things. Amazing, Because it, it hits people in their, in their heart and before they really even get to their brain. And I think that that's a really important part of social dynamics, not even just politics in general, just kind of getting to the heart of it and moving forward with that. It's beautiful. I, I think that art really can do a major, major things for people's lives. So it's really great to hear you talk about that because I know a lot of artists around the world will also see that as an inspiration to kind of keep creating because our world is in such a time of need for that. Um, I really do think that artists are doing something right now that we desperately need as people. So thank you for doing that and inspiring me personally. So that's just something that I really take seriously. I really also wanna talk about the models themselves because I think that they add, just the fact that you are painting on human beings and working with the human body and then faces, individual faces say so much about emotions. And I'm curious, does your painting adapt with the model does the model influence the painting and how does that work? When I'm painting a portrait, I paint it physically on the person. Um, so I take uh, whatever the textures are of their skins, their wrinkles, and the way that light and shadow is falling on their face. And I use my brush strokes to mimic that. Wow. So I'm creating a portrait of that person directly on top of themselves. Amazing. And then it ends up looking two-dimensional. But unlike painting on a two-dimensional canvas where I have a blank slate, there is a human being under there. Yeah. And so that really comes through in the final portrait. So I might paint someone with a certain expression or a certain idea in mind for this is how this painting should look at the end. But then during the photo shoot, you have the expression coming through in the eyes of the model, the micro expressions, yeah. that their face will actually change the direction of my brushstrokes depending on how the muscles in their face Absolutely. are moving. And so it's really a dance between the model and the paintbrush and um the art that created gets and created the art that gets moment. created is uh something that is beyond what i could do on a canvas um and just completely dynamic in this really surprising way for me it's incredible when you go into doing that is there a plan or do you really look at this person and just start sometimes i will see somebody and I'll immediately know like 
I know what I want to do with you. Wow. I want to paint you like a traditional Renaissance painting, wow. or I want to turn you into a piece of street art. And in those types of cases where when I see someone's face and it just hits me, I'll make that decision like, okay, I'm going to paint you and this is a concept. Yeah. But there's other times where there's someone who just might generally inspire me that I would love to get to know their face through my paintbrush. Right. And in those types of situations, it just free flows and the painting will turn into something uh, through the process of painting them. Amazing. I love the two different, the ways that you can create. Again, so adaptive. That's, that's such, a, such a strength, like to have that. And especially, again, I keep on bringing it back to right now because we are in this time of moving into crypto moving into this digital art space and again thinking on your feet and being able to be adaptive because the art transforms as people can see around us right now in the room it transforms so well to light because of the strength of color and um has that been something that you've struggled with or did you dive right in as far as transferring your stuff to digital was that a big deal for you in my main body of work i'll create art installations that are enormous for example, I had a show in New York City that was 14,000 square feet that was supposed to open right before oh the God. pandemic. Oh my gosh. Giant 20 foot canvases painted 10 feet tall. Oh my God. I know, it's so heartbreaking that no one got to see it. Oh my gosh. But it's so cool that with projection mapping, I'm able to take a concept for a show like that and just immediately deploy it, have it up and ready for people to come and see. It's incredible. I can't even, I, honestly, putting myself in your shoes in that way, like the amount of labor that must go into creating something like that, first of all, it is a beautiful thing to see that all come to life. But to be able to take something that you have put so much work into and then show it anywhere, like anywhere in the world, that you want to be able to take it and move it for someone, for someone like you who puts so much effort into each piece, I'm sure that's like this. You can take it and put it in a capsule and kind of bring it around the world with you, which is incredible. I, I, love, I love working here because we get to see the face of an artist, honestly, get to see their work in a completely new light, and it's so inspiring for me. My artwork is at the intersection of so many different I disciplines, know. and it's been something that's been really hard for galleries to figure out how to show or how right. to sell it in the traditional art market because uh, my canvases are live human beings. Right. So obviously, you're not selling the painted person. But then is the final artistic piece that is available in collections, is that a photo print? Is right. that a video art piece? Is it a full installation? And so one thing that I really love about NFTs is it's allowing more mediums of art to be able to be in art collections. Absolutely. So before I really could only uh, make available photo prints. Yeah. And now I can have video art clips of my painted models, of the paintings come to life, be right. something that people can have represented in their collections. Totally. And mm -hmm. Also, I imagine that people witnessing the painting itself is a big deal. Have you had many people like that? That for me, the special factor that you have is seeing it kind of emerge. And I, I picture the way people would kind of really understand what you're doing is being able to capture that entire process. I see that being just super valuable for people, especially that are un interested in almost like the physics and like the the way that things are happening um so that's going to be amazing to see happen I, absolutely i do a lot of documentation of my process yeah. so having video and photos of 
the transformation going from a normal person to them being partially covered in paint right. to completely immersed in this three-dimensional painting that creates this very strong optical illusion. And being able to see that transformation over that period of time uh, really adds another dimension to the artwork that is lacking when you just see a final photograph. It's just so, it's so cool. I can't wait to see what, what layers go on top of this. Just this past couple of days being here in Miami, we have been able to work with you creatively as a partner to get this show going, which we are so thrilled to be able to say that we are partnering with you and doing this incredible installation. Um, how has the collaboration process been as far as you know, taking your work, transforming it, and then putting together this new type of um, collection? And the collaboration with Temple House has been incredible. And first off, this space is gorgeous and they have state-of-the-art technology able to 360 projection map everything. And they've really brought my art to life in a completely different way and in a uh, highly dimensional way too that I hadn't really previously envisioned so uh, fully. And yeah. so I'm very thankful for you all inviting no. me in. I'm also thankful for the team here, whether it's you, Maddie, Dan, Ariel, <laughs> Um, everyone coming together to be able to pull this off. Yeah, no, we, we feel the same way and we truly couldn't be more excited. We are generally moving into the, the physical meets digital showing arena, which there's, there's a lot to be said about what's going on as far as making sure that there is a meeting place physically in this digital art world. And there's a place where people can actually meet the artist, experience the artwork, and not forget about that human connection in the digital age. So a large part of what we're doing with Serious Art Only and with Temple House is these type of partnerships where we can truly work together and we don't forget that there is a, a real human element to creating artwork even in the, in the digital world. As I've been painting these installations over the years, I've been meticulously archiving everything, taking still photos of just every painted wall that I've ever done. And so now I have this library of all these images that are so well suited for the technology of projection mapping. And so it's so cool. I'm able to take my highly analog artwork and then bam, all of a sudden now it's completely digitized and able to adapt to this new medium. Yeah, it opens you up to, a, this is really and truly my goal here is this can open you up to this new audience of people who can walk in and all of a sudden experience something that like I've said, the, the process of watching you do something is so incredible that you have logged all of that. There's video footage. We can project videos in here. We can project videos around the entire room. So just a bringing people into your process and connecting with them as a person, because for me, as like I've said, with watching your TED Talk and understanding your thought process, understanding how your life happened and how that impacted how your work happened, that's for a viewer of artwork, it tells a story. And for me, and as a curator with Serious Art Only, the story, as, as a writer, all of the levels of, of what means something as an individual to me, and I think a lot of others, is the story. Is the, this person didn't just all of a sudden wake up and start creating this artwork. It really, really is about understanding how each layer comes on top of each other. And I think that that one next layer for you, which is taking it into the, the light aspect, like you start with paint, you go to photo, and then you go to light. It's like, what's next? <laughs> are we gonna be, <laughs> seriously, are we gonna be doing it in the air? Um, 
it really is this time of creation for, for people. And it's just awesome. It's so exciting to be a part of it. So the word NFT is tossed around now like football all the time. <laughs> and I've researched it now for the past year to understand all the angles that we're coming at it from, from a business perspective. But I'm curious, if you were talking to a group of artists that have never heard the word before, how would you explain it to them in a way that would make them understand how it's valuable? First, I want to say there's so much jargon in this space, in part because it's designed by people who are crypto native and they yeah. don't know how to speak to artists. So if you're an artist and you're confused, it's okay. It's still early days in the technology. Exactly. <laughs> but just a little uh, brief explainer. So NFT stands for non-fungible token. You don't actually have to know what those words mean. But essentially, it allows for a piece of artwork to be put on a blockchain and have a verifiable record of its existence, its authorship, it being timestamped. And it creates the ability to have something that can then be bought and sold um, on a blockchain and have it be verified. And I think it's so exciting that NFTs are opening up a whole market for these alternate forms of art to Absolutely. be able to be out there and appreciated in art collections. Yes, and collected by people that maybe wouldn't have collected it. And that's another thing is like, we've had a situation in the art world, as you've known for a very long time, I think, that has been closed off. I'm curious how you... I'm curious how you feel about that. I have yeah. so many gripes with the traditional fine art world. And part of how they maintain the value of the art is creating this aura of exclusivity of like, yeah. oh, you don't get it? Well, you're not our target uh, collector base. And so we don't care. Right. So that the art that is now being elevated, well, the art previously that was being elevated in yes. society is work that only speaks to a very small amount of people. Right. But art is for everyone. Everyone can enjoy and appreciate art. Art changes the world. It can be part of social movements. Right. And so now with NFTs, it's allowing so many more people to participate in the artistic process Absolutely. and collecting process and supporting artists who are actually doing the world-changing art. Which is the really incredible part as, as someone who really values artists and is one themselves, not visually, but the fact that the security aspect can come into play. Think about the trope of the starving artist, which really comes from a place that's real. I mean, there's no, there's no way without creating a very, very crazy ecosystem of buyers for yourself to sustain yourself with only artwork. This can open up doors for artists. And I've seen that from the beginning of, okay, so you don't just get paid for your one painting. You are tied to that one painting over time if it's an NFT. It's a... It's really a mind-blowing thing because people's tastes, too, that, that haven't been involved, people that weren't collecting artwork on a large scale, are now going to start being considered real and start being considered something that's worth listening to because people, crowds of people, mass amounts of people, are very powerful. And that's a very interesting... It's just such an interesting thing to see happen to artwork because artwork should be driven by communities. It should be driven by people. Yeah, it's also cool, too, that um, the types of prices that artwork can sell for as NFTs, with most of the mechanism for sales being auction-based, yeah. some artists are making a lot more money for a single piece of artwork than they thought their art was worth, Absolutely. because there wasn't a way for price discovery that was yeah. convenient before. Um, and now the artwork is actually going to the highest bidder, yeah. if it is an auction mechanic. What's also cool is that it's opening up a space for artists who aren't looking to sell work for millions of dollars, but maybe like $10 and for like very small amounts. And for right. that to be facilitated with blockchains is incredible because now artists who want to um, 
be focusing on making art that's affordable to Absolutely. people have a way to do that. Yeah. Because previously, galleries would not be interested. Right. They're not able to make enough money off of someone selling right. a $10 picture. And but, yeah. I mean... It's incredible because it's the one industry that now is... It's, oh, money drives most things in this world, but it really shouldn't, in this one arena, what people want to create. And there is, it allows people to find the people that are already interested in a certain feeling and a certain aesthetic that are out there. It just takes everything and expands it. And that's what we, we are so inspired by. It caught our attention and we started building a platform that was really geared towards artists because the story and the the way that people tell that online can be curated and thoughtful. And I think a lot of the time, because it's a mad rush right now to figure out NFTs, to figure out the right way to go about it, that the thought and the time and the energy into creating a, a partnership with the person that's selling your art and to understanding that is a little bit lost in the mix because the amazing thing that's going on, which is giving all of the money to the artist rather than having people taking different aspects of it. So what our goal is, just like what we're doing here, is truly understanding the motivation, the ideas, the people that are involved in making an artist who they are, and then what their artwork is. Because we sometimes see artwork hanging somewhere, we, we notice a painting, and if we were aware of why that painting was made, if we were aware of who that person is, it would really open our mind. It would tell a story for us. And I think that that's what we, we want to do in the, in the digital world. What's cool, too, is that NFTs are actually allowing collectors to connect with artists. Yes. Because previously, artists wouldn't know who bought their artwork. Right. That no, transaction, that's a huge deal. That transaction would previously go through an art gallery and they would shield the collector's list from the artists because they'd be afraid of artists selling directly from their studio to these people because the gallery wants to take their 50%. So they have to make sure that there is a firewall between those two parties. Now wow. with NFTs, oftentimes artists are able to see who is bidding on the artwork in real time. And that allows the two parties to actually find each and other. And connect. Yes. Incredible. And have enriching relationships that go far beyond what was possible before. That really is something that I haven't totally considered the impact of because, I mean, just connecting with you, I am a fan of your work. I, I, I am connected with it. It changes the way you appreciate the art in such a deep way and the way that that natural communication happens within communities. Your collectors become the people that promote your work for you because they truly love your work and they love you as a person. So it's, a, it's funny that technology can sometimes make things more um, back to the way that they would have been really when we, people have complicated the process. You know, like the collector's list should, in my eyes, that should always, the artist should always know who has their work because it's a part of who they are. And now we're able to make that happen, which really, as from the artist's perspective, really is valuable because you can go back to that collector and say, look, look at what I've created. Like, look at this new piece. And they wouldn't have never known that before. So, wow, thanks for teaching me that. <laughs> I've already started to see, too, work that I've put up for auction later be sold on the secondary market. And because there is this uh, chain of custody with NFTs, yeah. I am getting royalties just immediately sent to my wallet. And it's like, what? Like, six months later, and I have money that just came to me from nowhere 
And Can you imagine what that does for artist confidence? That's something like on a personal level, like to have work that gets rewarded over time is just such, I, I think it just opens up so much for people because that's never how, I mean, I'm just thinking of on a daily basis, not getting that feeling of reassurance. You're not working with a team of people that can tell you, you know what, this is incredible, but you get this kind of jolt to keep moving forward when you know that you, my work is being traded and I'm getting paid for it. And you were out in the dark for so long. Well, it's exciting as an artist to be able to actually participate in the upside of right. your artwork. <laughs> because the point, ideally, in which people will pay the least amount from the artwork is at the first sale. They'll get it from the artist. Right. Hopefully, it'll appreciate in value. They'll sell it again. Hopefully, it'll appreciate. They'll sell it again. And so everyone is making a profit on an Except ever more valuable artist. piece of artwork over time. And yet, the artwork receives the bottom barrel price at the very beginning. Absolutely. It's a... I shall say there's a lot of art that does not appreciate in value. There's some that you end up finding at a yard sale for $50 that someone bought for a lot of money. But in the chance of appreciation, the, it's always on the, it's always on the secondary or tertiary or whatever sale that's going to happen. No, that's, it really shifts. And I've, I've said this before and it really is true. And I keep on hearing it in my head. The power dynamic is changing. The power dynamic is changing. I just hear that in my head and it's almost like a, like a weird thing that I hear because it's, on almost all levels of society right now, we're experiencing that. And just figuring out the best way to make sure art keeps its value in this world is very interesting to me because it's, it's changing who is considered valuable. And I think that that's, it's just the beginning of that. Yeah, I mean, going off of what you were just saying is that it's like so much of the art that we had ascribed so much societal value to in the digital art space actually is not performing yeah. as well. And it's making you realize that like, maybe there's other voices that were incredibly valuable that just were not served in the traditional art market. Right, because it didn't and, work for them. And it's, yeah. yeah. And that these things that were like put up for so long as like, oh, this Standard, is a sample right. for like what it means to be good artwork is just dramatically being flipped on its head. It's incredible. It really is. So again, Alexa, this has been amazing learning more about your process and we can't, we can't wait for tomorrow night. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I would actually love to learn more about the Temple House and some of yeah. the amazing things that you all are putting on here. Yes, we are going to talk so much more about that and we're also going to plan which is something that we are announcing very, very soon, our Serious Art Only exclusive gallery where we're going to have artist installations just like yours on a regular basis where people can come and buy digital artwork. And through our Serious Art Only platform, we can create connections between very like-minded collectors, artists, and collaborate with them. So this is just the beginning of, I think, of a very cool relationship that will continue. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Serious Art Only Conversations. My name is Maddie Troy. I'm the Director of Communications for Serious Art Only. With the sudden and incredible shift into the digital age of art, we are here to be the bridge, connecting the ever-important human element in creativity with the recent boundless advancements in technology. In this series, I have the pleasure of sitting down with leaders in art, technology, and business with a focus on learning from their depth of experience and sharing with you all key knowledge that can only be uncovered through conversation. I'm learning along with you all and I will try my very best to be a channel of creative curiosity and approach all of my conversations with an open mind 
and the goal of opening uncharted territory, creating cross-disciplinary understanding and appreciation for this unique time in humanity. Welcome to Serious Art Only Conversations. I'm looking forward to learning and growing with you all.